0: Every decision they make can have an effect on our lives. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall.
1: I never told anybody to lie, not a single time, never. Today, our fellow citizens, our way of life, our very freedom came under attack. America's not the same as it was 100 years ago. The violent mayhem we have seen in the streets and cities that are run by liberal Democrats.
0: This is Our Lives and Politics, with your host, Booker, and co-host, Lou Basada. You may have heard in the news last week about an organization that helps children in Uganda get adopted and that Bank of America turned off their bank account. They canceled this organization. And many say it's because that they have certain views, both political and spiritual and religious views. And because of the work that they do, Bank of America canceled them and closed their bank account. That happened in Tennessee, and that group is now, the attorney general in the state of Tennessee, is now fighting for answers from Bank of America. But we have seen that happen before. And then that gets us to the questions about the CBDCs so many people talk about. That's the central bank digital currency. Is it a real thing? Is it something that we should be worried about right now? We're going to get into that in this hour. I'm Booker Scott, and thanks a lot for joining us here on America Out Loud Talk Radio, or wherever you found us on a podcast, we do appreciate it. And while you're here, why don't you download the app for America Out Loud? You know, that the, this is 365 days a year, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, great conservative content at America Out Loud. Go to the Play Store, download it, and then enjoy it and Listen. So I don't, I don't know where to start here in this hour with the CBDCs. We'll do that here in just a minute. Coming up in the back half of the hour, I'm going to have an author of a series of books that really is challenging kids to do things differently. Maybe think creatively. That's what he's all about, and he's been across the country promoting this book, and we're going to have him here in a few minutes to talk about it, and the the name of the book series is the Britfield and the Lost Crown series is the name of that, and his name is Chad Stewart. He'll be here in a few minutes. Now, to bring in our first guest on this hour, I'm not sure exactly how to introduce him because there are so many different ways to, to uh, put, a, put a name on him. He's, a, he's an author. He's written books. He is also a uh, very successful businessman and entrepreneur of the year in the past. He's been at that for years. He is also a host of a podcast. It's called The Thrive Time Show. You probably have heard of it, and you can find that at the thrivetimeshow.com. He also is the owner of the Reawakened America Tour, and that's been going around the country now, and that has Mike Lindell and General Flynn and sold-out shows all over, so you, you may know him from that as well. I, I think the best way to describe this man is a, an American patriot. His name is Clay Clark, and Clay, welcome to the program. Great to have you.
2: Hey, I greatly do appreciate you. And for anybody out there that wants to know more about that Reawaken America tour you were speaking of, they can go to time timetofreeamerica.com, uh, time freeamerica.com where they can learn a lot more about what we're doing to try to reawaken America.
0: We're going to have a conversation about the central bank digital currencies, a little bit about that. We can probably get into some Trump stuff also, but before we get into that, let's talk about the show that you just had in Las Vegas. Did Roseanne Barr come to that show?
2: Roseanne did come to that show, and I will say this uh, for anybody out there that doesn't know this. uh, On the Reawaken America Tour, all the speakers that are on the stage, uh, good or bad, like them or not, I am the one who decides which speakers get to speak at the event. And the only two people that have a veto vote would be Eric Trump and General Flynn. And so what will happen is I reach out to people that I, I see that are sharing the truth consistently without apology. And uh, I I get them, I I ask them if they'd be willing to speak at our event. And then once they they, they agree to speak, um, we don't provide them with a teleprompter. I don't provide them with any uh, sponsorship where they they don't, I don't tell them you can't talk about this or you can't talk about that because we have a sponsor you may offend. Um, I just give them the green light to share the truth. And uh, Roseanne did a phenomenal job uh, speaking in Las Vegas, and it really did blow the crowd away.
0: So what you're saying is you don't censor when you have these shows?
2: At all. And I will tell you, <laughs> it makes it slightly terrifying for me to host the event because, you know, you get somebody up there, and you got five or 6,000 people there that, that want to hear them talk. And the only thing I, I do is I tell the speakers, you know, you have a 15-minute to 20-minute window to share the truth. Not a truth, the truth. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. not like I have my truth, you have your truth. I mean, it has to be facts. And if if as long as the presenter gets up there and does that, uh, you know our audience is is so awake and wakening up more and more every day. If if you have any of this uh, bogus double speaking political BS that we've seen so often within the Republican Party and Democrat Party, uh, they'll probably get booed off the stage. You know, and so it's wonderful to have someone like Roseanne out there that really is just honest uh, uh, to the core.
0: You know, you said something that I say a lot, and I also put it out on social media from time to time, and I have for several years now. There is no their truth. There is no your truth. There is no my truth. There is the truth. And that's what you're talking about when you talk about the Reawaken American Tour, isn't it?
2: It is. You know, what we're trying to do on the Reawaken American Tour is to share the truth about medical fraud, election fraud, religious fraud. Monetary fraud, mainstream media <laughs> fraud, and at the end of the day, just get people back to God, right? And so I think a lot of people right now are discovering the corruption of inflation, let's say, as an example. And a lot of people maybe haven't ever done a deep dive into what inflation is and how inflation works, but they know something's wrong. Yeah. Some people have discovered that the medical tyranny has reached a next-level point. They've always found it kind of difficult to work with their local medical establishment in recent years, but now they're finding that the hospital – you know, to a fault and without any uh, flexibility is offering uh, remdesivir and midazolam to treat COVID-19. And they're discovering that the people that do take remdesivir and mydazolam tend to die because yeah. remdesivir is a drug that causes renal failure. And midazolam is a drug that causes, that causes a, a, a basically uh, breath suppression. So people are going, why would I want to take something that takes, you know, causes breath suppression and renal failure if, if, as a treatment for COVID-19? Why can't I take hydroxychloroquine or budesonide or ivermectin? And so these are the kinds of things we talk about at the Reawaken America Tour.
0: And your next one is coming up the first week of September, the first weekend of September. And real quick, tell people how these work. They're a two-day conference. Is that correct?
2: Yeah. Well, let me make sure I clarify this. I have a business conference that I've been doing every two months since 2005, and so my next one will be in Tulsa, Oklahoma in September. And I've never stopped doing those. Those are uh, okay. to, uh, very different than the Reawaken America Tour. Those are business growth conferences, and you can learn more about those as well at timetofreeamerica.com. But the, the, uh, the Reawaken America Tour itself, the next one we have will be in – it will be at Trump Doral, which is in Miami, Florida, and that'll be taking place here in the month of October. So that'll be uh, Trump Doral in Miami, Florida in the month of October.
0: And it's October 13th and 14th and I will be going to that one by the way. I, I look forward yes. to seeing you. Let's a, let, let's let's get into the central bank digital currency because so many people talk about it and they're throwing up alarms all over the place. Is it something that we should really be that concerned about right now?
2: Well, I wanna explain how it works. Let me get to the mechanics real quick here. So folks, the way that the, the system would be set up is you would have a, a currency. Well, let me do this. If everybody goes to a Google real quick and you type in MIT quantum dot. So if everybody will take a moment, you type into Google MIT quantum dot. So take a second, just do that. Now, once you've typed in MIT quantum dot, I encourage you to take a moment then to type in MIT CBDCs. MIT CBDC. So MIT developed what's called the quantum dot. They also developed what's called CBDC, so Central Bank Digital Currencies. Now, the MIT Quantum Dot is a technology that stores your medical and financial records under your skin. Yeah. Folks, under your skin. Under your skin. Someone says, could you say that louder? <laughs> okay. Or someone says, can you say it more quietly? I need, I need, whatever you need to hear, folks, to wake up. This is a technology that stores your medical and financial records under your skin. Yeah. Under your skin. Yes. And this connects you to a system called Quant.Network. That's how the central bank digital currencies work. It's a technology that awards money in a non-binary fashion. What do I mean? This is where your money can be turned on or off simply based upon your adherence or lack thereof – to the narrative so you want to buy meat maybe you had too much meat based upon the world economic forum recommendation or maybe you bought too many clothes maybe you traveled too much uh, you no longer have money in the way that you and i know it well, you'd have this thing called the central bank digital currency which is really just points that you're awarded based upon your adherence to the narrative clay you
0: know it is different than just digital currency because there are 12 american banks right now that are doing a pilot program with digital currency and it's not the same thing. And it's what what you're talking about with the World Economic Forum is similar to what China has. And, and it's not similar; it's the same thing, isn't it?
2: Right. It is. This is the exact same system that China has, and uh, a lot of people don't don't recognize that. They don't know that. But this is a a scary thing. I mean, this is a scary thing. This is programmable central bank digital currencies, aka a social credit score, where you can turn off somebody's ability to buy or sell. Based upon their where they've traveled, what they've said, um, and you can you can really uh, end all opposition very quickly.
0: In your estimation, when when would this start, and how would it start?
2: Well, uh, it would start by getting the uh, uh, it would it would start after the U.S. dollar is no longer worth anything. So you need to get people to move away from the dollar. And so right now, Brazil, Russia, yeah. India, China, South Africa. They have all teamed up together to introduce a gold-backed programmable central bank digital currency. And, they, and the US dollar is a, what we call a petrodollar. So since 1970, early 1970s, America's moved off the gold standard in 1971. And since the early 1970s, uh, we've been operating in this thing called the the petrodollar. So again, in 1971, America moved off the gold standard. Per the recommendation of Henry Kissinger, Nixon moved us off the gold standard, and in 1971, the World Economic Forum was founded per the recommendation of Henry Kissinger. Now, since that time, we've had this thing called the petrodollar, where America uh, prices – we basically protect Saudi Arabia militarily in exchange for Saudi Arabia exporting their uh, uh, oil at a price we like and pricing the their oil in US dollars that we like and that's how we've we've done it uh, thus giving the dollar its value however saudi arabia the United Arab Emirates and three other countries have officially joined uh, BRICS now. So you're about ready to see the end of the petrodollar. Mm-hmm.
0: And there are other countries as well looking to to add to that BRICS. And, uh, you know, you talk about putting something under your skin, and it sounds, it sounds like a conspiracy theory. It sounds crazy. But how many of you out there have a chip in your dog? I know I do. So that technology has been around for a while. If my dog gets lost, I can find her. No problem, because she has something under her skin. So think about that. Can we can we move a little bit to your thoughts on Donald Trump's indictments? What? Where are you on all of that mess?
2: Well, um, uh, Eric Trump, uh, full disclosure, and, and just so you know my bias, he's someone I would consider to be a good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And so I have a, a, a bias towards wanting President Trump to absolutely do well. Um, as an American who loves freedom – Excuse me. I don't think this sets up a very dangerous precedent uh to be able to arrest your political opponent. And so what I think we have right now is as President Donald J. Trump is, is um fighting for his freedom, he really is, he says this often, but you know, the deep state or the World Economic Forum, they're coming after our freedoms. And President Trump is the only thing in the way, only person in the way of that complete takeover of the American freedoms that we enjoy. And so I, I'm really concerned that if President Donald J. Trump is uh, actually convicted and charged and does go to jail, uh, then that would be the end of any type of opposition we would have towards the globalist agenda.
0: And I don't think it's, it's just about Donald Trump. It's about all of us. If if we think different, if we want freedom and liberty, then that's who this is all about. So Donald Trump's just out in front, and he's getting it because he's not part of that establishment. It, these are scary times for us, for this country, if we have a different way to think. I, I know you're also associated with General Flynn, and Mike Lindell also uh, takes part in your Reawaken American tour. Do they come to all of those, or... Wait, are, are yeah. what, what is oh, it yeah. yeah they do okay
2: yeah, And, and I really I'm, I'm really am excited for you to be able to come to the event so you can you can see what it's all about because you know what happens is is you have people like General Flynn, Mike Lindell, Cash Patel, Um, And you're going to meet these guys and what they're, they're serious about saving our country, you know, Mm -hmm. and there's a different group and I'm sure you've never met these people, but there are people that are, that are political that pretend like they want to save our country, but they're actually just wanting to enrich themselves. Yeah. I know know, There's people people that are not sincere. And so um, when you have a a group of people, I would call this the remnant, these people want to save the country and they come to each and every event. So you're going to see people like Laura Trump, cash Patel, uh, General Flynn, Donald J. Trump Jr., uh, uh, Dr. Sherry Tenpenny, Thomas Renz, Don Clement. Uh, you'll have Julie Green, Amanda Grace, or, uh, Dr. Judy Mikovits. An incredible cast of characters come out to this event um, because they know what's at stake.
0: As you look at politically, for just a minute, if we could look at the House of Representatives and Kevin McCarthy, and for me, I'm very disappointed in the lack of Of really anything substance. When it comes to holding people accountable, you look at the border and Mayorkas to me was low-hanging fruit and probably should have been impeached a long time ago. But they are nowhere near that happening. Merrick Garland with the weaponization of the Department of Justice, he, you know, he should be gone. But if you replace those people, they're just going to be replaced with more people like them. But now we come to Joe Biden and we're we're talking about this impeachment inquiry which to me, an inquiry is just another word for an investigation. And this whole thing has been investigated now for five years. You can go all the way back to the beginning of this investigation with Chuck Grassley and Senator Ron Johnson. They put out a report prior to the 2020 election that had so much of this information with the Bidens getting money from foreign nationals. It was already there. So when the 118th Congress came in, I had an expectation that they were going to hit the ground running. They had that information, and now we've had six, seven months of investigations to get to a point where they're considering opening another investigation. Does it frustrate you?
2: Well, uh, you know, if if we were looking for a corrupt government to investigate itself to discover its corruption, that makes it difficult, right? Um, One of the things that I I have discovered, and I'm a business person, okay, folks? I I don't really do politics. Um, Right now what I'm doing on the Reawaken America tour is I'm doing these events at a at a massive financial loss, and I tell people that because I want everybody to know what's going on. So when you go to time to you can name your price. You can literally pay whatever price you want to pay. If you want to come join us at Trump Doral in October or to rally to rally California, uh, to rally California in December, you can name your price. And I say all that to say, in business, uh, there are certain people that like to waste time within every organization. I'm sure not in the organizations represented by your listeners, but other organizations. <laughs> and in business, what people will say is they'll go, you know, I need to research that. I'm gonna research that. So if you said, Carl, did you clean the bathroom? I'm just giving you an really example of small business. Carl, did you clean the bathroom? Carl might say, well, you know, I'm uh, uh, I, I, I I'm gonna research that. I mean, this. In, in the world of business, people that didn't do their jobs, they have three excuses. Excuse number one is I didn't know what to do. Excuse number two, Uh, I forgot. Excuse number three is I need to research that. You just hear it all the time. Yeah. Well, when you get into the world of politics, every time that something needs to be done but will not be done, the people that don't get anything done, they say, well, we're going to investigate it.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: We're going to investigate that thing. I mean, we are going to, as an example, if I was the president of the United States and if someone was doing crack in my office, okay, in the White House, hypothetically, someone was doing crack, I would say, step one, I want to know who in this White House here, who who in the White House has a history of doing crack? Mm -hmm. Who is it? Just make a list. There's probably, what, 10 people, one person, zero people? I don't know. Make (laughs) a list of all the people that have ever done crack. Let's start there. Step two, let's have them all take a drug test right now. Step three, let's check the cameras. You know, and that would be how I would get to the end of it. Right. But if I didn't want anything done in, in politics, I would say, I'm, I'm launching an investigation, and mm-hmm. my team will be working to investigate. So that's what's going on. And remember, uh, you know, Mitch McConnell, you know, these people, you know, Mitch McConnell, or in this case McCarthy, a lot of these people, McCarthy specifically, he has, he has a total connection to the World Economic Forum. Yeah. He's a member of the World Economic Forum. So why would a member of the World Economic Forum work to stop the World Economic Forum.
0: Clay, I have a hope, and I have a dream that this country will get back to we, the people. And I, I think that it can. Do you hold out that hope?
2: You know, I really, uh, I, I do, I just want to make sure people understand what I I never want to mislead people, give you hopium or false hope. I do know that in the gospel of uh, Mark chapter 13, Matthew chapter 24, Luke chapter 21, Jesus' disciples, Jesus' disciples asked him, how do we know when you're coming back? And Jesus lets them know in very great detail. You know, you're going to see wars and rumors of wars and pestilences, famines, and you're going to see nation rise against nation. And because iniquity shall abound, you're going to. And He lays out all these things, and these things are happening. You know, and Klaus Schwab is out there, the World Economic Forum. He's talking about transhumanism, and he calls it the fourth industrial. Revolution. He wants to mix man with machine. Well, Daniel had a vision for the fourth kingdom where they would try to mix miry clay with iron. Daniel chapter 2. Uh, the book of Revelation talks about a technology being rolled out Revelation chapter 13 that eventually you can't buy or sell unless you put a certain technology under your skin. Mm-hmm. And guess what's happening right now? Let's get back These to it. These <laughs> people are talking about. They're they're talking about. I mean, the MIT CBDCs are being rolled out right now, and this is technology where you can't buy or sell unless you put certain technology under your skin. These are facts.
0: Yeah, and it, it's such a scary time that we live in. And do you think? Do you think this stuff under our skin? What what stops that from happening?
2: Um, uh, I would say an informed population that is willing to push back um, with what I would call uh, peaceful disobedience, peaceful civil disobedience with um, uh, very much in the way Martin Luther King Jr. fought for civil rights. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you remember um, many of the, the moments that were broadcast on television where Martin Luther King Jr. And his brave uh, supporters who really wanted nothing else but to be judged based on the content of their character right. and not the color of their skin were able to stand up to the police that were shooting them with fire hoses and unleashing guard dogs on them uh, i believe that's where we're headed
0: and you know after watching everyone comply during covid we walked in the grocery the same way because there were arrows on the ground we put masks on our face and we, uh, so many people got the vaccination because we were told to do that and uh, when, I wonder how long the line is going to be when it's time to put a microchip under our skin.
2: Yeah, you know, I don't know, but I can tell you how they're going to do it, not because I'm prophetic, but because I've done my research on this, okay? You're going to hear about this thing called the universal basic income. Now, how do we get there? Mm-hmm. Well, they, what, what the governments need to do, the world governments need to do, is they need to make the cost of an apple, A-P-P-L-E, they need to make the cost of an apple, um, you know, very expensive, like $10 an apple, you know, $11 an apple. They need to make eggs $4 an egg. You know, and they need to get the cost of living so high that it's not financially viable to support yourself. You know, where you just cannot support yourself. You you want to, yeah. but you can't. And when you can't, but you want to, then you have to turn to what? Some other way to feed your family. And that's yeah. called universal basic income. And the universal basic income will be attached to putting the chip under your skin. Mark my words, watch how it happens. Universal basic income will be attached to the central bank digital currencies.
0: And then so many people are not going to have a choice, or at least they're going to feel that they don't have a choice. So they're going to get in line just like they did for masks and for everyone walking in the same direction at a grocery store. We, we saw that happen. And, then, and while we're on that subject, just for a minute, let's talk about not complying in what we see now could be more masks, more mask mandates could be coming. I want to encourage everyone that's listening. Just say no to that. And and you're going to have to be prepared also when the grocery store won't let you in without a mask. Where are you going to get your food? You need to be thinking about things like that, don't they, Clay?
2: I, I agree, and I, I you know, I, I can just say what I did um, when COVID nineteen occurred. I sued the mayor of Tulsa I, uh, to, to keep my city open. I turned my building into a church because all the churches were closed. I refused to wear a mask. I refused to shut down my companies, and I lost, 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 uh, folks. <laughs> probably 95 percent of my friends and family yeah. during that period of time in yeah. terms of they will no longer speak to me but I replaced um, you know people that were closet liberals with people like Eric Trump in my life I replaced people uh, in time spent arguing with liberals that', that really have, were kind of woke to begin with to doing interviews with guys like you. I replaced the, the dysfunctional, uh, liberal p- church acquaintances that I knew with people that I've met at the Reawaken America Tour, and I go back to it because um, Hebrews 10.25 in the Bible, Hebrews 10.25, it, it encourages us, it tells us, it, it warns us, it, it tells us we shouldn't forsake the gathering even as we draw closer to the end, and I, I don't think most people have read Hebrews 10.25 in a while. So Hebrews 10.25 in the Bible says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much more as ye see today approaching and I think we're going to have a time very very soon where we're going to have to read that Bible and ask ourselves are we willing to be uh are we willing to be persecuted for our faith Matthew 510 says blessed are ye who are per- blessed are ye who are persecuted for righteousness sake for ye shall inherit the kingdom of heaven I mean for people out there that are willing to do that um, I-, I think it's going to be a difficult, difficult difficult days ahead but again I believe if you read the Bible Matthew chapter 24 mark chapter 23. Uh, or sorry, Mark chapter 13, so Matthew chapter 24, uh, Mark chapter 13, and Luke chapter 21. The Bible tells us how it all ends, and in the end we do win, but uh, I believe there's quite a bit of persecution around the corner.
0: And I think everyone needs to be prepared now to answer those questions. Uh, answer all the, about family and friends, and then also a- ask, a- be able to answer the question about your faith. What what will you do or not do when that time comes because that question may come to you in the future so uh maybe start preparing yourself for those answers for all of those things and clay as we wind up here i want to get back to the reawaken american tour uh the the website again please give that so everybody can can hear that and go to it october 13th and 14th is trump's Doral down in miami florida i believe that's your next one
2: that's right. You can get those tickets today at time2freeamerica.com. To time2freeamerica.com. And again, you can name your price. We're talking about uh, General Flynn, Cash Patel, Mike Lindell, Eric Trump, Donald J. Trump Jr., Uh, Laura Trump, the list of patriots goes on and on. Dr. Judy Mikevitz, Dr. Sherry Tenpenny, Dr. Richard Bartlett, Dr. Peter McCullough. They're all going to be there, folks. You can get those tickets today at time2freeamerica.com. Roseanne, the comedian, Jim Brewer, the comedian, Sean Point, the praise and worship leader. It is going to be a blasty blast.
0: Thank you so much, Clay, for coming on the program. And you mentioned uh, Peter McCullough. He's here on the the network on America Out Loud. Also, uh, Tom Renz, I think uh, he comes to a Reawaken American tour also. So I look forward to seeing you there. October 13th and 14th in Miami. And thanks for coming on the program.
2: Thank you, brother. Have a great day. And
0: as always, Clay Clark is full of energy. He brings it every time he is is a guest on America Out Loud Talk Radio. One thing I do want to encourage you to do, as always, is is dig, find the answers. When it comes to CBDCs, when it comes to vaccines, when it comes to side effects for vaccines, when it comes to impeachment, when it comes to to the election, all of those things, you really have to learn to do your own research and believe what you what you find and what you read. It's it's so important that we learn how to do that. And and I know a lot of you do, and, and that's why you are tuned in here to America Out Loud Talk Radio. In just a minute, we are going to bring in the author of a very, very popular children's series. And the things that he is going to talk about children are so important for you parents and grandparents, and I, I want you to hang around for it. Chad Stewart's going to be here next on America Out Loud Talk Radio.
2: For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. The
0: pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-term effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. Fortunately, Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the wellness company designed their spike support formula with the miracle enzyme natokinase, scientifically studied to dissolve spike protein so you can feel your very best. Go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for
1: 25% off your first order. Cofix RX nasal solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flus, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25.
2: You wouldn't go a day
0: without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe. Air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill. No drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com.
1: These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free! Love it or your money back, guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code out loud. HealthyCell.com, code out loud.
3: We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit GenesisFolger.com
1: forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis,
3: you're ready for anything.
1: Change in the world one person at a time.
0: back to the program, Our Lives and Politics, here on America Out Loud Talk Radio. And while we're talking about America Out Loud Talk Radio, let me remind you to download the app. If you haven't done that yet, do it for 365 days a year, conservative talk radio, 24 hours a day. Great shows like Dr. Peter McCullough, Tom Renz, and also Tony Schaefer's every Saturday here on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Well you know I know a concern of yours is our children it's our schools and uh, the indoctrination that we see so many parents have taken it on themselves to go to school board meetings around the country to defend their children and uh, they are our future they they are this country's future and we have to protect them and we have to Give them ideas, and give them the ways that they can succeed in this world and in this country. That's really what it's all about when it comes down to family, isn't it? Well, this next next gentleman has he's driven over nine thousand miles. He's gone through twenty three states. He's presented at over two hundred schools, and he's reached over forty thousand children at schools. His book is the Britfield and the Lost Crown series, and it is changing literature and education. While it's also bringing a lot of encouragement to the kids and families, and it's doing that all around the world. And did I mention he's also a best-selling author, a creative, a creativity educator, a speaker, and he's probably a lot more things that I'm leaving off there. But I'm talking about Chad Stewart. Chad, welcome to the program. Welcome to Our Lives in Politics.
3: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Well, let's start the conversation with the book and the series. The book and the series is Britfield and the Lost Crown. If you could tell our audience a little bit about the stories. What are, what are the stories that are told here, and why are they so important for kids? And obviously, you know, it gives them a positive a positive story. So you tell us about the story that are in these books.
3: Sure, sure. And uh, I'm originally from Newport Beach, California. I was back east in uh, Wellesley, Massachusetts for 16 years, and I'm now back in San Diego. And it started about 12 years ago. Um, I was dying to get back into doing something creative. I came from a writing background, and that's when I had the idea for my first book in a fictional series for children called Britfield and the Lost Crown. And I didn't really think much of it. I just wanted to do something fun and creative. And there's a great quote by Beverly Clearly. She's the author of um, The Mouse and the Motorcycle and the Runaway Ralph, two of my favorites growing up. And she said, if you ever go into a library or a bookstore and you don't find the book you're looking for, write it. And so I decided to sit down and write it. And so I had this idea about this uh, orphan Tom, 12 years old, and his best friend Sarah, also 12. And it, it takes place in England, in Yorkshire, northern England. Uh, in present time. And um, and Tom's been an orphan his whole life. And this is the year he's going to escape from this horrible orphanage that treats uh, the children like work products. They're in the factory all day long. And so I ended up spending uh, four years and 2,500 hours to create a fast-paced adventure novel based on family, friendship, loyalty, and courage. And uh, from my concept to launching, it took about 10 years, 10 years of hard work, 10 years of focus of patience, of defeat, of frustration, of depression, you name it, Mm -hmm. but I just stuck with the idea, I believed in it. We officially launched in August 2019, since then it's become a national bestseller. It's actually one of the most awarded books in children's fiction. Um, Some of the awards we've received is Parents' Choice Gold Medal, Mom's Choice Gold Medal, Literary Classic Gold Medal, and even International Awards. And at the time, I was only thinking one book. And, uh, but by the time I finished it, I said, I I think I got a series here. So it's going to be a seven book series. And uh, two years ago, 2021, we launched the second of the series, Britfield and the Rise of the Lion, which takes place in France. And Tom and Sarah are now 13, and that's 474 pages. And then last year, we launched Britfield and Return of the Prince, uh, which takes place in Italy. And Tom and Sarah are now 14, and I'm working on book four. So I think what makes these books so dynamic, and we know because we received thousands of feedback and letters from children, adults, homeschoolers, teachers, librarians, and they just love the series. And I think, number one, it's just a fast-paced adventure series that just pulls the reader right into it. It has that sort of high-octane James Bond, you know, born identity, uh, fast, fast-paced chapters. Uh, I don't waste words. But what's great about it is, is that it takes place in present time, which I think is really important because most of the literature out there is this sort of suspended reality, this fiction, uh, post-apocalyptic, you know, 50 years into the future or uh, in the past. It's like it's it's happening right now, real time, and everything is as authentic as it can be, including, you know, we bring in history, geography, art, architecture, culture, and we also thread through the novels. We thread creativity, critical thinking, collaboration, and communication. And so really what you have is a power-packed book, which we like to call Stealth Education, that is really inspiring this generation um, and this generation's youth. And I love what you said at the beginning, because you said, you know, our children are the most important thing. And, and that's, that's our beachhead. That's, that's what we decided, you know, over 10 years ago. Our focus are elementary and middle schools specifically. And um, our focus for the next 25 years is the next generation of, of children. And so while there's a lot of things going on currently in, in politics and, and, and all these other things, we're really focused on bringing that the, the love of reading, impacting literacy, inspiring children to think for themselves, for being independent, to be creative. And um, that's kind of a quick overview.
0: And we, you know, reading is so important for the foundation of education and uh, uh, for, people, for kids' futures, really. And, and I know a lot of schools now they really want kids to spend a lot of time in running, uh, reading, and they have, you know, the AR that has been around for years and years. Yeah. When when you started reading, writing this book, did was it your goal? What, what exactly was your goal? What was the objective when you started writing this book and this series? Yeah, that's a
3: great question, and, and it's funny you mentioned AR accelerated reader because we're we're part of that program um, and. Book one, Britfield lost crown, and book two, Britfield.
0: How many? How many points? Already,
3: <laughs> the yeah, already, the parents
0: are already part of that. Yeah, the parents the, yeah, the, par- the parents are going to ask how many points. I, I as a parent, oh, <laughs> you know, if you're going to read 400 pages, you better get a bunch of points. So, I bet it's a lot.
3: Yeah, I don't remember offhand. Yeah. It's, it's it's decent, and then book two is 474 pages. Yeah, so, so the points increase, and the vocabulary is really great and um, and fun. I mean, our youngest readers seven, our oldest readers 93, and half our reading audience are adults. But um, yeah it's interesting I, I I just really wanted to write a, I, I was very influenced I was a british literature major european history major in, in college I lived in England for two years and I just wanted to and I love travel I love history and so I just wanted to write books that uh, children specifically and even adults could read and just have fun experiencing experience these places these countries that I visited and and through through the literature really really see it you know starting with Yorkshire and then my story moves to um Oxford University and a little bit of background on the colleges and the beautiful buildings and the campus and the sort of philosophy that goes into um, Oxford and then and then as they're flying basically what they do is they' they, they escape from whether they come near a hot air balloon and so they crash in Oxford and somehow get it back together and and uh, they get the help of a professor Hainsworth, that decides to help them get to London and then they they um, they end up at Windsor Castle finally London and then down to Canterbury and so it's just really bringing in the the, the wonderment of, of travel and architecture, history, and just the fun of growing up, right? And and I think that's what's fun. I mean, I had fun writing the books and, and you know, so.
1: Uh,
0: Chad, let's talk about something that you brought up just a second ago, which I don't know that it was maybe your motivation or it was the foundation of you writing this story and this book. But you mentioned creativity, and I know creativity is very important to you. What do you hope kids get from this to make them more creative? Because I I believe in society that we're in now, we put a tablet or we put a phone in front of a kid and – uh, you know, they're, they're not being very creative that way. I know that when I grew up and probably you did, your mom would kick you out of the house until it was dinner time, And then she would probably kick you out again yeah. until it was time to go to bed. And we had no choice, but to be creative. So right. was that any part of your motivation going into writing this book? Because I know it's important. Yeah. To
3: you. Hu- hu- hugely influential. Um, I was very blessed. I, you know, I grew up in Newport beach, California. I grew up in a just a beautiful area. I could actually see the uh, the water, you know, from our house a couple miles away. I could actually watch the sun setting over Catalina Island. We had a wonderful neighbor with a big yard next door, and she allowed me to build my fort there. Yeah. And, you know, I just loved that experience. Uh, across the street was our elementary school, and it was so cool. Like, after school, you'd look over at the field and see if there was anyone over there, and you'd see a couple friends. And you're like, okay, cool. They're, we're getting together a, a football game, or yeah. we're getting together a, a, you know, a Frisbee football game, or and then the park was down the street, and so I did. I grew up outside. I grew out. Grew up. I grew up, you know, experiencing these fun places of, of adventure, and like you said, just creating these worlds, creating my fort. I mean, ironically, you know, I spent years kind of building my fort, and uh, eventually, when I was back east in New England, you know, I became an architect and and uh, developed and built homes. You know, and and how and why all from that experience of building a fort, that love of of building a fort, and so. Uh, creativity is at the core of it. C- creativity is at the core of absolutely everything. And unfortunately, we as a nation, we've been in this creativity crisis for at least the last 30 years. Yeah. And, and we're kind of at the, um, the lowest part of it. I mean, it's, it's been decreasing decade after decade in, in all these specific areas like critical thinking, communication, collaboration, imagination. And in so many ways, unfortunately, schools, specifically public schools, are educating children out of creativity. Yet, on the other hand, creativity frankly, is the number one most important skill set in the world. That's across the board. That's, that's that's all the demographics. That's all the research, the scientific journals. We've been researching it for 20 years. And so creativity is a, a, the most important skill in the world. It's not accounting, it's not mathematics, it's not, it's not um, being being a lawyer or legal or, or medicine. Unfortunately, 80% of the legal, legal profession will be replaced in the next three to five years by AI. Mm. And I am not an AI supporter. I think it's um, very... Uh, demonic type of thing uh, 40 to 50% of all medical fields will be replaced by AI and then 40 to 50% of uh, banking accounting all of that stuff will be be replaced but what AI and computers cannot replace is creativity and and so we have this huge gap in the market um, and a huge need for it and so we're just trying to tap and inspire children especially at that age 8 9 10 11 12 with, uh, with the Britfield books, to inspire them to think for themselves, to, to create... You know, you, 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 can't, you can't really connect to characters that are witches. You know, even if it's yeah. quote-unquote a good witch versus the bad witch, there are no good witches. And you cannot wave a wand to solve your problems, you cannot say a spell to solve your problems, you can't fly, you can't turn into a superhero. And this huge disconnect that's saturating the market has just left a void for, for kids that are filling with these sort of nonsensical books, this heightened fantasy. And so we're trying to create these authentic stories, almost like the Hardy Boys and a little bit like Charles Dickens. And um, one of my favorite quotes was uh, someone said that the Britfield series is is a combination of C.S. Lewis and Dan Brown. And I thought that was
0: great. Yeah. Yeah. To be compared to C.S. Lewis, take that anytime, especially if you're a writer. Uh, I can only only imagine what that compliment felt like. Yeah. You know, I'm an old old radio guy. I've done this for a long time. And, you know, I could go to do video now and and include video in it. And a lot of people ask me why I don't do that. And, And one reason is because of the theater of the mind and the creativity. Because as you hear voices in audio, you can create the picture in your mind of whatever it is it means to you. If I'm showing someone a video, then they are only seeing what I want them to see. So I appreciate that about audio and radio, but I have to think that when you're writing a story like you do, you also want to leave it to the imagination of the reader when it comes to that creativity.
3: That's a great lead in. And I will say one thing, we we actually have an award-winning audio version of Britfield lost crown done by a, an award-winning British voice talent, Ian Russell. And, he, and it's like about 11 and a half hours, and he does all the voices. So that's kind of fun. But no, it's, it's interesting, too, because I was debating with book one, do I do do I include pictures? You know, a little bit like what Dickens yeah. did, even if it's one page per chapter. And I thought, no, I, I don't want any pictures. And so I wanted to try to create, create this visual book that the kids, like you said, they have to tap their mind. And I'm relying on them to do it. And what I'll do is I, and I don't get lost in words. I think too many authors try to be too poetic or spend way too much time on description. When I'm more interested in the story and I like to drive the story forward. And just to give you an example, I'll frame it, but I won't finish it. And so, you know, once they escape, Thomas and Sir escape from Weatherly Orphanage, they commandeer a hard air balloon. And I described the basket and I decide, I described the size of the balloon and the ropes and, and the propane tanks, but I never described the color of the balloon which I think is kind of interesting, but yeah. it, it emphasizes my point. You know, I'm letting, I'm relying on the, the reader, the child, to fill it in, you know, and they'll they'll whatever color the balloon is is the one they'll make it. And so I try to do that. I, I'll frame things, but I don't over-exaggerate them. I don't um, over-describe them, and I, and I leave that open to kids. And I, I've heard, you know, just comments back and forth from, from so many readers that it's like, number one, they say it's, it feels like you're in, a, uh, in an action movie. Yeah. I thought it was pretty cool. And then they say, it, it, it feels like you're there. That's, that's one of the main comments I'll get. Number one, I'll get, I'll get a comment that I've never read anything like it, which I think is amazing considering all the competition out there. And the other comment is that it feels like you're there. You're with them, and, um, which is great. I mean, that means my, my job and my duty as a writer is done because that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to take you into that circumstance and you feel it. And if you're feeling it, then you're, you're thinking about it, you're seeing it. And so that creative thread drives, drives these books.
0: What was the tour like? Of twenty-three states and forty thousand kids in two hundred schools. What was that experience like?
3: That was amazing. That was a once-in-a-lifetime experience, truthfully, because like, who really has the kind of time to do that, yeah. especially as you get older? But I was all in, and as I am with this, this book series. And so we uh, we launched officially in, in uh, August two thousand nineteen, and uh, it was it was it was wonderful. I I drove all the way up uh, to Seattle all the way across to um chicago i made it all the way down to new orleans and all the way up to memphis tennessee i was in texas for about um, a month um, just traveling to such a big state and i and i went to every single school you could imagine i went to private public catholic christian uh charter homeschool i went i visited a homeschool farm in um in, uh, in nevada which was wonderful and it's interesting. So, I mean, everything from Title I schools to some of the top private schools in in the world, really. Uh, we visited one, one private school up in L.A. where, you know, frankly, a lot of the Hollywood stars send their kids. And, and that was amazing. It was like I was, I was uh, in this auditorium in, in, in front of almost over 400 students. And behind me, normally you have a screen, you know, to project your, mm-hmm. your presentation. I, it was, a, it was a, literally a movie screen. It was that big. Wow. Um, and so the question is, is, like, you know, so how are the kids different? And, and I'll be honest, um, you know, in, in retrospect, you know, from 10 to 11 to 12, kids are kids. And kids were amazing. And I didn't see any difference with children, whether I was at a Title I school in Dallas, Texas, or top private school in New Orleans. Um, kids are amazing at that age. C- kids are still very creative and, and they're wonderful. And some of the best questions I ever received were from fourth graders that just asked these zingers. I mean, they're like, just awesome. You know, yeah. like, does your protagonist have to be a person, you know? And you're like, whoa, where'd you get that? You know? So, um, it was fun. It was, it was fantastic. I, we would present, we, you know, I come in there as a best selling author. We talked a little bit about Bridgefield, but I was really there. For two reasons. One was I wanted to, to inspire them and talk about talk to them about creativity. And number two, I want to talk about the importance of storytelling and not just writing, but telling stories. And I I've done a lot of research, and am uh, uh, part of a graduate PhD program up at uh, Drucker School of Business right now. And one of the assignments I did was to to go after a lot of my uh, a lot of the alums. I had to to find them and then research them and ask them. And they're they're in businesses like. In everything, everything from nonprofit to investment to consulting. And we'd ask them questions. And then we asked them basically, what is the number one most important skill that you need right now? And across the board, number one was creativity. Number two was storytelling. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. Storytelling. And, um, and if you think about it, I mean, everything's a story. If you're giving a book report in the classroom, you're telling a story you know if you're going for a job interview you're telling a story and how well you tell that story is the difference between success and failure your resume is a story everything that you do is is storytelling if you're a marketing company of course right you're telling a story of a product why buy your product what's the story and so we really try to push that idea of, of the importance of storytelling the importance of creativity that we're all born creative and that's a fact in fact i have some statistics here if you have some time sure
0: got a couple um, of minutes
3: to validate that but um yeah, so that, it, it was fun. And, and then afterwards, um, we would do Q&A. And here's a, here's a group of two, 300 kids, 4 through 8, and usually reluctant, you know what I mean, that would t- to ever raise their hands. And boom, the first hand goes up, and then the second hand goes up. And I'm there for 20, 30 minutes answering questions. And it's like just giving them, you know, uh, positive reinforcement. Hey, that's a great question. Or you know what? I never thought of that. That's a great question. And, and then we would do book signings afterwards. And, I mean, I was there sometimes for two hours and selling 80 Hardcover books, and that's huge. Mm-hmm. That's almost that's almost one out of two kids that were buying a book. We'd often would give them away. We, we, we've dedicated tons to you know Title One schools or to schools that can't can't afford books. We, we love that. Our passion is is to give, not receive. Uh, but I would love talking with them as they're coming through, and I say, oh, do you think of the presentation? And do you read a lot? What's your favorite author?" And so that interaction was was really gold to just get a good sense of where kids are today and um, the dynamics. Um, of schools across the nation,
0: Chad, you know, this program and this network, America out loud talk radio, we're politics. That's what we talk about. And there's always doom and gloom in almost every show uh, when it comes to politics, especially lately in this country and and everything that we see around the world after your tour of 23 states and 40,000 kids what were you left with, with our future? How did it make you feel?
3: Well, it's interesting. And, um, and my interviews tend to be upbeat. I I just don't go down that rabbit hole. I, I, I know what's going on. I've been researching this stuff for 12 years. I could, I could go in, I could go as far down that rabbit hole as you want, but I, I think it's just saturated with that and that kind of fear and panic and fear and panic. And I think we need to be encouraged as a nation. I think we all have a power to step forward and do things. I think, the greatest thing your audience can do right now is to raise their children or their grandchildren and give them as many opportunities as possible. And I'm not talking about buying them expensive gifts. I mean, opportunities, take them to a museum, take them to the park, take them to the lake, take them to a beach, um, get them a book. You know, if they want to play a musical instrument, you know, go out and rent one. And if they, and if they're burned out after three weeks, fine, you know, take it back and get another one, but give them as many opportunities as they possibly can can, to expand their mind. But, um, yeah, what I was left with it was interesting because it was in 2020. This is a nice tie into education. But as a 2020, March 2020, I was in Memphis, Tennessee. I just did four schools Monday, Tuesday, back to back, and I was so excited because I was in the heart of America, and it's kind of it was kind of where I was trying to get, if you will, because I drove the whole time. And I couldn't wait to get to like Indiana and and um, you know around Chicago area, Ohio. Uh, New England, you know, down south. I would love to have gotten to Florida where you're, where you're based. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of a sudden, everything started to cancel because of this thing that happened. And yeah. I was driving back, and, and all these schools were shutting down. Kids weren't, were, were being sent home. And I was wondering to myself, you know, um, I wonder how many children will be going back to traditional schools when this whole thing is over. And I'd start asking some of my friends, and they're like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, how many kids? What, what percentage? And I said, I'm basing it on three things. I said when, when children come home for the first time, parents are going to see and be horrified by what these children are learning in school, being exposed to school, and really just, um, an, just a horrible uh, type of agenda and, and just issues and topics that don't belong, especially in elementary and middle school. Number two, how far behind their students are or their children are in certain subjects, you know, whether it be reading or mathematics. And number three, when the child can sit down, focus on their homework, and be done in two hours, maybe three hours, and have the rest of the day to, I don't know what, play and have fun and do creative things. And so within about 12 months to 18 months, I started seeing statistics that 20 to 30% of parents aren't sending their kids back to school. So I think a couple things on the political side. I think right now we're an educational reformation, much like Martin Luther 500 years ago. I think it's powerful. I think things have have shifted. And that, and, the, and you cannot put that genie back into the bottle. Um, it's the end days of the educational system. Number two, I think we're seeing a homeschool revolution. We've gone from 5 million to over 15 million homeschoolers across the nation and growing. And that whole thing has exploded. And I'll be honest, from my research and from all the kids I've met, the best educated, well-rounded students I've ever met in my life are homeschoolers.
0: You've been listening to Chad Stewart, the name of his book series, Britfield and the Lost Crown series. Four books out now, three more are coming. Chad, I really appreciate you coming, being a part of Our Lives in Politics, and maybe you can come back sometime. I know that you have a whole lot more to talk about, from homeschooling to movies and a lot of creativity. So thank you so much for joining us.
3: Oh, you're welcome, and I'd love to come back.
0: And again, we'll keep our eye out for those other three books that he will be coming out with in that series. So good to have him there and really appreciate you being here. As always, you are the most important part of America Out Loud talk radio. And and as always, thank you for listening to Our Lives in Politics. My name is Booker Scott, and you can follow me on social media. You can follow me at Twitter at Booker Spartacus, and the Spartacus is spelled wrong. So I know that. It's S P A R T I C U S and you can also follow me at truth social on the same same handle there. Booker Spartacus is the way to find me. My my direct messages, they are always open. So if you have any comments or questions, please uh, do send me a note. I'd love to love to hear from you from time to time. And remember, salt without flavor, it has no value at all. It's just thrown on the ground to be stepped on. You were told 2,000 years ago that you are the salt of the earth, so be salty. Thanks a lot for listening. Have a great week. You've been listening to Our Lives and Politics on the America Out Loud Network.